and I'm here with Pastor Scott Corbin. How are you doing today? I'm doing well today, Andrew. It's it's great to be here. How are you doing? Doing great, doing great. So tell us a little bit about your church in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Okay. Our church is uh, Truth Chapel, World Evangelism Fellowship Church, and it's kind of a long name. Most folks just know us as Truth Chapel, but we have the World Evangelism Fellowship as part of our name because we are affiliated with uh, Brother Swaggart's uh, ministry. And uh, we do that to let folks know that we do believe in the same doctrine that uh, people hear over SBN. And so we've been, uh, we've had our church about 15 and a half years. About two years ago, we moved from our initial location to downtown Spartanburg. We felt led to locate there, and the Lord made a way for us to uh, secure a location there. And um, lately, this year especially, just since the beginning of the year, um, our crowds have picked up some, and we're very grateful um, for that, and we're excited. E- even with what all is going on in, in the country right now, we're just excited to see what the Lord wants to do with and, and through the church. So uh, I think it's a it's a great time to be alive and a great time especially to be a believer. And you just mentioned that y'all were affiliated with Jimmy Swaggart Ministries, and you have many special guests throughout the years. Is there any that you want to announce? Yes, sir. We've got um, one coming up in May. Now, of course, everything now seems to be kind of contingent upon, you know, what the government's telling us about the size of gatherings and whether people are able to fly and that type thing. But we have scheduled Brother Carl Brown for May 1st uh, through the 3rd, and that'll be a Friday night and Saturday night at 7 p.m., and he will be preaching in both of our regular Sunday services that weekend as well. And Sunday service times are 10 a.m., and 6 p.m. And we love Brother Brown. We've wanted to have him for a long time, and we just pray that everything is going to kind of clear up and, and uh, people are going to be willing to get out and, and go to meetings, you know, by early May. And uh, I know he's got a great word to, to bring to us, so we're excited about this. And for many who may not know who Carl Brown is, fill us in on that. Okay, Brother Brown um, is seen often on Message of the Cross, which is the program that airs at um, – 8 a.m. Eastern Time on Sun Life Broadcasting Network, and then he is also seen on Francis and Friends often at 10 a.m. Eastern Times on the Sun Life Broadcasting Network, and then, of course, he preaches some at Family Worship Center, and those services uh, get aired over the network as well, and I don't remember how many years Brother Brown has been um, this time with JSM, and I say this time because I know he's been associated with the ministry for many, many years. He used to air his own program on their radio station back when they had other ministers on um, that were not, you know, directly there working at the ministry. But now he's a part through uh, television, and he takes a strong and bold stand uh, for the truth, and that's what I love and admire the most about him. And, you know, that's what it's all about. Even in a time right now that we're going through with the coronavirus and things mm-hmm. that are happening around the world, mm-hmm. you know, to me, Pastor Scott, it's time that we take a stand for our faith and what we yes, believe sir. in. Yes, sir. Andrew, I agree with you totally. I've made the statement several times in the past week that this is an opportunity for the church to show itself being the church that it's supposed to be and that God has called us to be. And uh, I just got through recording uh, a segment from one of my radio programs today uh, saying basically uh, the same thing. And when when you see hysteria happening and, and people running around stocking up on items, probably, you know, several months' supplies and things like that, I mean, common sense tells us that uh, 
there's not going to be enough uh, supply put back out there quickly enough for everybody to be serviced. And so people need to think about that. And, and it, it's a chance for us to say, look, we're not living in fear. We're going to take the, the right precautions, and we're concerned, and we're praying that the Lord will stop this virus and nobody else will get it, nobody else will, will die from it. But uh, we're still not going to operate based on fear. We're going to operate based on faith. And uh, that, that's what it should be all about for the church to demonstrate during the time that we're in, I believe. And, you know, I've seen a Facebook post come up last night that said a true Christian wouldn't fear this kind of stuff. Talk, talk a little bit about what we shouldn't fear. Okay, well, you know, the Bible says um, that the Lord has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love and um, a sound mind. And now we're human beings, and there are times that um, – we might experience fear. We might, you know, might be afraid about various things. And it doesn't mean that God kicks us to the curb, you know, when that happens, but we do need to repent for it. And I look at that as like an opportunity to really uh, renew our faith in the Lord and to be able to go to Him. And He knows our hearts anyway, but He wants us to come to Him and say, well, Lord, you know, I'm concerned about this. I'm, I'm even fearful about this and so. Would you help me? And those can be great opportunities for us to grow personally and for the church as a whole uh, to grow, I believe. But um, I tell you, sometimes I sit and look at my Twitter feed, and if I look at some certain things, or, or really not so much my Twitter feed because I'm very careful about who I follow on Twitter, but um, if I go to a news website, I mean every article is about the coronavirus. And when you read some of them, you just come away just feeling down, I mean, because – some of the things they're presenting are just – they're so negative, and it can just bring somebody down. But then I go to my Twitter feed or I go to somewhere where I'm only reading things from people that believe like I do and people that are Christians, people that uh, don't believe in extreme government intervention and things like that. And uh, I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged by the things they have to say, and, and maybe something even we say here today will encourage somebody. But if, if you experience fear – my advice is take that to the Lord, be honest, and say, Lord, I'm, I'm fearful, but I, I don't want to be. I know it's not right. Would you help me? And I believe we can learn about the peace that passes all understanding uh, during times like this if we'll take it to the Lord. And, you know, I mean, I've sit here many times and thought, you know, God is a God that shows mercy and it's just, but I got to thinking about, you know, even Daniel in the lion's den, if he wouldn't have died there with him, he would have been fearful too. Sure, right, right, exactly. And knowing that God's on our side, I mean, we shouldn't be fearful. Yeah, and, you know, that's very great that you brought up Daniel in the lion's den. The Lord allowed Daniel to go into that lion's den, but he never left him. He he was there with him, and he you know he, we know he came out in great shape, so... It doesn't mean that we won't go through some things like this and we won't face some difficult times, but the Lord always wants to use it uh, for our benefit and to bring us out stronger in faith, I believe. The devil, of course, will want to use it to try to tear us down. So we make a decision uh, by our actions and what we say and how we react and everything. We make the decision, who's going to win in my life in this situation? Is God going to get the glory? Am I going to learn how to trust him more? Or is the devil going to get a stronghold because I believe the lies of the enemy? So that's the decision we're faced with today. And, you know, 2 Chronicles 7 and 14, we all know that verse by heart. But that one little part before that says that there will be pestilences 
that yeah. come upon the land. Do you believe that the coronavirus is nothing but a pestilence? Well, um, you know, I, I recorded a whole segment about that for my radio program today, too, and I, I, I tried to touch on some of the different extremes that are out there. You know, some think of it as just a, a natural, naturally occurring virus that maybe is a little bit different from some we've experienced before, uh, but, but just, you know, kind of along those lines. And others talk about maybe where it originated from, if they were consuming uh, raw meat that they should not have been, and uh, these animals were carrying the virus. There's other theories about was it created in a lab somewhere, things like that. So I, I don't know the answers to all that. I think those are all things that we can um, consider and pray about and ask the Lord to show us whatever we need to um, whatever we need to know about that. But so I don't know exactly how to classify it at this point. Um, I don't ever want to be presumptuous and, and just assume that I know something that I really don't know and go around telling people that and making them think that I'm looking at it as fact. I look at all those different theories and all those possibilities and right now have really come to the conclusion I, I just don't know, but I know it is something to be concerned about, be cautious about, but not to let it totally uh, change and disrupt our lives over the next um, few weeks or few months or whatever uh, they're thinking that it it may be. I believe the Lord, for the most part, if we're healthy people and, and not elderly, we probably should just be going on about our business as much as possible, but being uh, cautious about it. And I hope I'm not hope I'm not overstepping by saying that. But um, I, again, it kind of goes back to fear. We just don't want to see the fear and the panic taking place, especially within the church. So, when did you become affiliated with Jimmy Swaggart Ministries? Well, I first started following Brother Swaggart's ministry back in 1991. Uh, Brother Swaggart did a crusade here at the Spartanburg Auditorium in downtown Spartanburg. I went to that. I went to two of the three services. I've kicked myself many, many times because I was not in that Saturday night service when they sang, put your hand in the hand of the man, and it made it out on video. And a lot of people even have seen that today over SBN. But I was there Friday night. I was there Sunday afternoon. And from that point on, I realized that the Lord had brought that ministry into my life to teach me uh, the Word of God. I was drawn initially by the music. Actually, let me, let me back up a little bit. I went to the crusade just because I was curious at that point about the things of God. I was not where I needed to be, but I was beginning to grow and learn things about the Lord after having accepted the Lord years earlier, but not really seeing a lot of growth um, in my life spiritually. So I saw on the marquee at the auditorium that Brother Swagger was going to be there, and I didn't know anything about him really, except that he was a famous preacher and you know knew some of the other things that had come over news and stuff like that. But I, I didn't care about that. I just wanted to go see um, what he was really like in person. And so I was hooked, so to speak, after that. And then I realized it wasn't just the music that was so important, but it was the preaching and the teaching of the Word. So most of what I've learned in my life that has been biblically correct has come through Brother Swaggart's ministry. And then in 04, um, my wife and I um, felt led to begin a church, and we I got ordained through JSM or through World Evangelism Fellowship, I should say. And then we affiliated the church um, with their ministry, uh, like I said earlier, to kind of let people know we agree with them doctrinally, and we share the same passion to reach people uh, with the gospel. So that's kind of how it came about for about... 15 years, 14 years or so, I was just a follower of the ministry. I, I supported them. 
I got a lot of his materials and watched and read and studied. And, but then I, I never would have dreamed that the Lord would lead me to start a church and, and we would do that in 04 and actually be affiliated with them. So it's it's been kind of an exciting journey. And you know, me and you had talked about getting some ministries on the program, and I want to tell you a little bit about my story. I was 15 years old, and I've got I got hurt by the church. Uh, you know as well as anybody does that church hurt is the worst hurt. I went through. I'm going through autism in my life. I just found out I had autism, and Jimmy Swaggart Ministries has been an exact lifeline for me. Because it's it's not just a church I can go to on Sunday morning and Sunday night, but I need to be uplifted. It's every day I can watch. And, you know, I cannot tell you how many times I'll be sitting there just raising my hands to worship when the singers are singing or when the preacher's preaching because I feel God Mm -hmm. all in the room. Mm -hmm. I mean, Brother Swaggart's church is one of very few that still stand for the message of the cross. That's right. So, you know, and I, I I used to be a Methodist long years ago, but now that I know about the message of the cross, mm-hmm. man, I'll tell everybody about it. Amen. Amen. Well, that's great. That's a great uh, testimony. And uh, there's there's a lot, a lot of folks out there in similar situations that have um, found SBN and they found that lifeline, so to speak, with um, the teaching on sanctification through the cross as well as the message of Pentecost and the simple salvation message, all the things they cover. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm not somebody who is a fan of a lot of what goes on in the church world today. There's so much that's false and deceptive out there. People have to be so careful uh, today. But when they find SBN, I believe if they will uh, begin to pray about what they're hearing and receive it in their hearts, they're going to see that the Lord is up to great things in these last days, and he wants them to be a part of it. And sometimes that means, I think kind of like what you're saying, it may mean departing from a church. It may be looking for a, a new church that does preach the message of the cross, if there's one available. But in a lot of cases, there's not one available. So thank God for the media church that they have um, over SBN. And like you say, the 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week programming that's right there available as a blessing to people whenever they want to partake of it. And, you know, I mean, it's just an awesome thing to be able to, you know, I'm not a big fan of what's on TV today. And most of the time, what's on my TV is SBN. I don't care nothing about anything of the worldly drama that and the other stuff that's on the TV. I'd rather sit there and listen to a good preacher or listen to John and Josh Rosenstein tell what's going on in the world today. Exactly, exactly. I have so many people tell me, when they come to our church, and, and most of our people who come to our church come because they've watched SBN, and they've seen our church name up there at some point about having meetings with some of the SBN ministers or whatever. And so they're coming, having experienced SBN already in their homes, and they come because they know we're going to be preaching the same thing, and we use their music in our church services and so forth. And so many of them tell me exactly what you just said, that it's SBN that's on their TVs pretty much all day, every day, and they've learned there's not anything else much out there even worth watching. And, you know, I mean, CNN and Fox News are great for certain things, but I like to turn it on Insight, which used to be your news for today, I think it was called. But, uh, news uh, you can use, I think it was. Yeah, yeah news you can use. Yep. And, uh, I mean, 
they tell you what it is to a biblical perspective, That's and they back it up what they say. That's the difference. So, You're exactly right. And you know that inspires me. And you know some people are saying this coronavirus is type of the end times and all this other stuff. And I said, well, if it is, then we ought to be prepared. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah, a lot of people, uh, and I, I started bringing this up a moment ago when you had asked me if I thought it was uh, another pestilence or whatever, but people have, have asked, is this a judgment from God? Well, honestly, at this point, um, I don't think we could call it a judgment from God when there's still so relatively few cases uh, in the United States and relatively few who have died compared to other illnesses. Now, I'm not, by any means, I'm not minimizing on any tragedy that's happened for anybody, and I'm sure if they tell you, hey, you've got coronavirus, we're all going to take that very seriously. No matter uh, how consecrated of a believer we are, we're going to be very serious about that, which we should be. Um, but, you know, as far as it is like a judgment of God and things like that, I, you know, my my opinion on that may change, but, you know, I'd say let's let's see what happens. And then there's also the, the prophetic part of it. Uh, there's some people that believe that we're going to be here during the tribulation period. Uh, I'm a pre-tribulation uh, believer. I believe the rapture is going to occur before the tribulation even begins. So I certainly don't see this, um, even if it does get really bad in this country, I don't see this as part of what we read about in the book of Revelation because I believe the church will be gone um, when those things begin to come to pass. But, you know, those are different doctrinal viewpoints, and that can affect how people look at this coronavirus and, and how they feel about it. You know, I am so excited. Friday I had the chance to order Pastor Swaggart's uh, Revelation commentary uh-huh. that he's yep. been talking about, and I cannot wait to get in that because I know that there's some good spiritual insight in that. Yes, sir. You'll be so blessed by it. And I haven't read that uh, in a while. If it's what I'm thinking about, it's one that was out probably uh, in the 80s as well. It may have been updated since then. But he I was read preaching it. that other the other Sunday night. Yeah, okay. Well, I, I, re- I got a lot of uh, material on prophecy from him back in the early 90s when I began to follow his ministry. And nothing blessed me quite like that, kind of like what you're saying, um, because I wanted to know what the Bible had to say about these things, and I knew I could trust Brother Swagger um, to teach me correctly on Bible prophecy, as I believe he does on every subject. And so, yeah, that that book's going to be a, a real eye-opener and a blessing to you, I'm sure. So tell us, what kind of programs do you have available at your church for a family that may be listening today that's in the Spartanburg, South Carolina area? Okay. Well, like I say, we are affiliated with that ministry, so if they believe in the message of the cross – if they're looking for a full gospel Pentecostal church, um, looking for people that still stick to the Word of God and not deviate from it, we don't go for whatever the current fads are, whatever the latest book that's out by somebody, but we stick to the Word of God. If that's what they're looking for, and that needs to be, I think, the primary um, focus of people as they're looking for a church. If that's what they want, we do our best, by the grace of God, to, to meet those needs in those areas in people's lives to try to teach them the Word. We hold three services a week, um, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. We also do Friday night prayer meetings uh, on various Friday nights. That's not every single week, so people would need to check with us and make sure we're holding a prayer meeting before they make the effort uh, to come out. We also we have a, a church radio station that's a low-power station here in Spartanburg, and we air uh, 24-7 
on the radio, and we do all of our church services live over radio. We stream them online through our website and through social media. So there's ways for people to kind of get in, start to connect with us and know what we're about before they even come. Uh, we have a kids ministry. We have a, a teen ministry. We've got a brand new ministry that just started up for people age uh, 50 and over. Um, and we've got a church bookstore, um, a prayer room. There's a lot of things I could go through that we're doing and things that we hope to do um, in the future. But the main thing is um, we do preach the word. We don't compromise it. We don't water it down. Uh, there's no subjects that we shy away from. Uh, I'm afraid that a lot of pastors do that these days, and they think, well, I'm just not going to touch that one because it's controversial, and it might offend somebody. We don't want to offend them or, or offend people, they might say. We don't feel the way. I don't want to offend people. I mean, that's not our purpose. But we realize the truth is controversial these days, unfortunately, because of all the falsehoods that are out there. So we don't let offending people stop us. We present the truth in love because we care about the people. But um, we have offended people. When you tell people that they'll die and go to hell unless they have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, that is offensive to the world. And they either have to get saved and get right before God, or they will remain offended, and they don't want to hear that. But our job as pastors at the church is to tell them the truth and then leave what they do with it between them and the Lord. But we must tell them the truth of the Word of God. And if I could sum up what our church is about, I believe that's what we're about. I hope I can say that. If it's not what we're about, honestly, uh, Andrew, we need to shut the doors. We need to shut the doors and go home if we're not about presenting the truth of the Bible to people. And, you know, I always have said throughout the years of my life that offending someone has now took the place of conviction. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, um, people people don't want to be convicted. And stop me if, if I'm not following your question correctly, but I think you're saying, and I agree with you, that people uh, don't want conviction. They don't want you to say anything about – now, thank God this is not true for everybody, but but it just is for a lot of people – if you say anything about the sin that they are engaged in, they say, don't judge me. Don't judge me. I think that's the one scripture everybody, they know it better than John 3.16. They know, don't judge me. And, of course, they take it out of context because we make judgments all day, every day in our lives, whether we want to or not. I use this example for folks. I say, look, when I approach um, an intersection when I'm driving, if my light is green, I have to make a judgment about whether those other drivers are going to stop at their red lights to allow me to go. Uh, the way I'm supposed to. Uh, if I if I see them not slowing down and going fast, I make a judgment and say, oh, they're not going to stop. They're not obeying the law. They're not paying attention or whatever, so I have to stop. So we're always making judgments. Now, the thing that the Bible says we got to refrain from is judging people's hearts. If I see a person doing something wrong, I can't make assumptions about why they did it, what led them to do it. Maybe they're even just doing it by mistake. Maybe they don't know any better. So I don't make those kind of judgments, but the Bible has already judged sin. It's already told us right from wrong. So when I preach against sin, um, that's not judging people's hearts, and it's not to condemn them, but it is to tell them right from wrong so they will understand it. And then the Holy Spirit can come in and bring conviction to them over that sin. And there's a big difference between conviction and condemnation. We never want to condemn people, but the Holy Spirit does convict. And so when people are convicted, the correct way for them to respond to that is by saying, Lord, I've sinned against you. I'm sorry. I want to repent. I want to turn from
from my sin. Would you help me with that? Would you forgive me? And the Lord will always respond with a positive answer. He will always say yes. He'll always help them in that. Sadly, many don't go that route. They want to stay in their sin. They want to stay comfortable in their sin. If we preach the truth, it makes them uncomfortable in that sin when conviction comes. And so that that's kind of what I see going on a lot in churches today, that people don't want to hear that. And sadly, there are churches that have succumbed to that. And they say, well, okay, we won't preach against sin. We won't hang up a cross in our church. We won't do anything that might be offensive to people because they might get mad and not come back. Well, here's my question. You may get them to keep coming back by trimming the message and not telling them what they need to hear. But what good have you done them? What good have you done for them if they can't hear the truth of the Word of God when they come to your church? Uh, did, did I answer your question, or did I go off on a tangent? And not yes, sir. Yes, sir. You understand. Okay. You, you did good. Okay. Great. So to close out this interview, tell us how we can find out more about your church. Okay. I guess the easiest way for folks these days is just to go to our website, which is Truth Chapel. So the word Truth, and then Chapel, C H A P E L dot O R G. There's information on there about upcoming events. Uh, there's information about our service times. Pardon me. And um, anything else they need to know really about the church is there. There are also uh, links there to get to our church Facebook page. We have a Twitter page as well. Uh, we have a YouTube uh, channel. And so if they'll start with a website, they can find all those other things. They can find phone numbers to get in touch with us um, if they would like to. But uh, most of all, I hope what they find out is how to watch us online if they're not in the Spartanburg area. But if they are, I hope you'll catch the address there, 250 North Church Street, and be willing to come and pay us a visit. And um, let us try to minister to them and, and have the pleasure of worshiping with them, and uh, maybe it'll be a place that they feel like they can call home. I hope so. All right. Give me just a second, Brother Scott. Okay. <laughs> 